Film Studios, the only podcast that takes you inside the mind of two film studio executives as we unravel and then re-ravel the best that Hollywood has to offer. I'm Isaac. And I'm AJ. And this week in our biopic special, we made sure not to spoil the ending of the films by refusing to research whether the subjects were dead or alive. But before we could get into something new, it's time for something old as we check in on our last feature in Box Office Report. Uh, last week we released the uh, film The Magician's Nephew, a yes. sort of prequel to the Chronicles of Narnia that yes. uh, is obviously one of uh, uh, C.S. Lewis's books but never seems to get made. Yep. Um, and we decided, just, you know, without reading the book, we'd just make our own version of it. Uh, yep. how, did, uh, how did that go? It went fine. Uh, we released the film, uh, the sort of... We said at the end that, like, five minutes before the film end, we're going to make a huge, like, palette shift, art direction shift yes. to make it match the next film in the series which was The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe apparently that was successful uh, people really didn't uh, have a problem with that yeah, at all just blend um, seamlessly yeah but we did have a slight problem and that was in the use of the word magic in the film title right uh, we got into trouble uh, from the Magicians Alliance in America Right, yeah. They have sent all manner of lawyers and wizards and witches after us uh, to prevent us from using the word magic in their film because apparently they have a copyright on it. They, they are, are, and they're very um, litigious. They, insanely they, litigious. They blackball people who reveal oh, yeah. any yep. magic secrets on yep. TV. Yep. There's a very sort of strict code of conduct for yep. all of their uh, their uh, the uh, inductees into their yep. inner circle. Exactly. Yeah. They uh, they sent. Pen and Teller around to our office the other day as well. I thought I'd shut the door and like refuse them entry, but then I turned around and they were right behind me. Oh, they I, go through. I was actually go- <laughs> under the impression that they weren't allowed inside the magic circle because they'd shown how a trick works on TV. Yeah, but that's what they want you to think. Oh, right. That's the trick. That's, that's the, the trick. That's the prestige. Exactly. So we're now, I mean, I've tried to avoid running into Pen and Teller, but like. I've locked my doors behind me. I've, like, moved to a different... Like, they're just there they're every there. time. And they won't tell me how they're doing it. Uh, but uh, we're going to have to settle this lawsuit at some have point. Have there been, like, uh, other films... Do other films have magic in them? I can't actually think That's of any. Thing. No, there isn't. I can't think of any film that has magic in them. Do you reckon the Channing Tatum still has the same problem with <laughs> Penn and Teller after doing Magic Mike? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somehow they made Magic Mike 2 as well. Exactly, How did that yeah. Oh, wow. You would have thought that, you know, Penn and Teller would be in there sabotaging the whole process, but... <laughs> well, they, they probably produced the next one. Yeah, they found a way. Actually, that's what happened, because I don't think the director of the first one, which was Steven Soderbergh, yeah. came back for the second one. No. The second one was directed by someone, but it was clearly a pseudonym for Penn and Teller. Exactly. They directed yeah, sure. Magic Mike 2. All right onto this week and trailers and as i mentioned it is a bit of a biopic week uh, not, this week. not really by design just by the no. fact that um about 80 percent of the film trailers <laughs> that have come out recently have all been biopics normally we yeah. do at least one biopic each week yep um just but for some reason this week every trailer that we watched yep. seemed to be a a reimagining or yep. a retelling of the story of someone's life hollywood messed its schedule up because it knows that it's meant to be one superhero movie one biopic and then one other generic genre. it's, it's a, an art house film that yeah, has yeah. got like but, reviews and is a powerhouse exactly. of force yeah, for yeah, yeah. electrifying performance by some actress who's only yep. ever been nominated for a golden globe but is <laughs> definitely probably going to win an Oscar this yep. week so yep. but they screwed the schedule so now we've got like a thousand biopics to choose yeah. from uh, so first up we have Rocket Man, directed by Dexter Fletcher and starring Taron Egerton and other actors and it is the story of Elton John Elton John yeah uh, or what's his actual name he has a Dwight um, Johnson uh, not Dwight York, I think it is, it's Dwight something or it other. Is, yeah, it's something very, very plain. And Reginald Dwight? Reginald Dwight, that sounds about right. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so like the opening shot of this made me think of Billy Elliot. Yeah. The the style of the film made me think of Bohemian Rhapsody. Yep. And the fact that it's a biopic starring uh, Taron Egerton made me think of Eddie, Eddie the Eagle. Eagle yeah. And there are links to all of those <laughs> films here. So uh, Dexter Fletcher apparently took over um, directing uh, yes. Bohemian Rhapsody when Brian Singer left but won't be credited as the director. Yep. He also directed Taron Egerton <laughs> in Eddie the Eagle. Yep. And this has Jamie Bell in it, uh, yes. who is uh, the... Uh, um, you know the film version the, of, uh, titula- of Billy Elliot, the like- titular character. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, it's a small, small world, I guess. Uh, this looks. This they say that this is uh, based on the true fantasy as well, which I suppose yeah. that, like leans into Elton John's flamboyant kind of character on stage. I kind of also feel as though it has that maybe that element that across the universe has where the as they're yeah. performing the songs weird things are happening in the background because you yeah. see in the trailer he's singing Rocket Man and then even the audience seems to go into zero gravity and yeah, they all yeah. seem to float up in the air yep. it's like well it's the, like a fantasy element to the performance of the yep. songs yep. Uh, it looks very um, bold and colourful and the costumes are quite interesting which is yep. you know very Elton John so yeah. like you would expect to see that in a, in a film about his life yeah I have to say all credit to Taron as well who seems to be able to like nail any kind of like bizarre biopic role really well because like so this was the if you don't know him he's the um lead character in kingsman kingsman yeah playing a very like uh shabby chavy rather british like youth and then who becomes a very debonair um secret agent yeah yeah and then in eddie the eagle he's playing a bit more of a like um you know sort of out of luck but like always trying kind of hopeful really pathetic downhill skier as well and now in this he's like putting on prosthetics a little bit and and crazy costumes and they recede his hairline quite nicely there's like they've done done a good job it just seems to work with him it's so bizarre he must have that everyman face that just kind of like works with uh with any wig or any prosthetics yeah it's like play-doh you can mold it into any shape that you want um you see that film i don't know later if you want all right, on to the next biopic for this week's episode, which is Vice, directed by Adam McKay, starring Christian Bale, uh, Sam Rockwell, Steve Carell, Amy Adams, Amy Adams, and a bunch of other actors. Um, so Adam McKay, uh, most people probably know him for directing the Anchorman films and uh, Talladega Nights, Talladega Nights, a couple of the other Will Ferrell films, but also directing The Big Short uh, and now this as well. Uh, so films that are like dramas i guess but have a lot of like light-hearted elements yeah uh, which vice seems to be also doing this trailer looks fun like fun in a way where it's like stylistically kind of like edgy yeah. and cool and yeah. it's got some interesting sort of graphical elements some tight sort of yeah. quick quick snap cuts yep. and for a film that's about vice president <laughs> dick cheney <laughs> it kind of feels a little bit out of place really um, does you wouldn't know that it's christian bale in like a Oh, yeah. I'm not sure if it's a fat suit because you see not. him with his shirt off at one point and he's put it on a lot of weight. not a fat suit. Christian Bale's sort of renowned for doing stuff he's, like yeah, that. For, his transformations. Uh, transforming between films. So I, he has actually put on all that weight to play <laughs> Dick Shane. That guy, he's going like, to kill himself for his acting career yeah. at some point. Um, but yeah, he's doing a very like slick, conniving kind of job as Dick Cheney. Um, not sure if it's glorifying the man. I think it's more like leaning into the ridiculousness of his persona. Yeah. Uh, Sam Rockwell also playing George W. Bush. He's not... See, Sam Rockwell's Bush is not like a it's, impression of Bush. No, it's you not. You see a lot of those Saturday Night Live guys who are like, 
doing very much a, a bush with his big ears and as a caricature. Yeah. Sam Wakewell's just playing a guy. And if, if you didn't say, this is George W. Bush, he's not doing an over-the-top accent. He hasn't gone heavy on the prosthetics to make yeah. himself look um, it, like ju- the character. It's just, just, it's just enough. A, just enough to, yeah. to hint at it without being um, uh, making yeah. it look farcical. And Steve Carell's playing... Um, uh, Donald Rumsfeld. Donald Rumsfeld as well. And again, just sort of like minimal stuff applied to him to make him look like the character but it's just enough to get it sort of across the line uh but yeah this film looks fun uh in a way that like you I wouldn't don't expect to yeah. like associate the word fun with dick cheney but yeah uh this could be like yeah really, really like good. i just hope that the script is quick-witted it's yep. funny it's sharp yeah rather than like I, I feel as though again i have a lot of criticisms of will ferrell and yeah as directed by Adam McKay, where they just like yeah. they just roll the camera and they're like, "Will Ferrell, yeah. say something funny, and we'll try and cut a film yeah. into your lines." It's interesting as well. You mentioned Will Ferrell because he did like he was renowned for his exactly. George W. Bush impression on SNL back in the day, and he is a collaborator with Adam McKay. So it's sort of like I suppose that's why <laughs> you can't really put him in. That you, can, role. can you imagine the angry phone call that Will, Will Ferrell gave to Adam McKay? It was like, <laughs> "You're doing a film and it has George W. Bush in it, and you didn't cast me as George Bush. I thought we were friends, Adam. I thought we were tired. <laughs> all right uh what else have we got this week so we will do one other biopic but we'll do a few honorable mentions yeah um uh on the basis of sex yeah speaking of politics and politicians yeah the the story of uh ruth bader ginsburg uh and her uh she sent did a like a, a an overhaul of the legal system picking yep. out actually sexist laws that discriminate against women yep. on the basis of gender um, or in, on the basis of sex as the yes. film is called <laughs> and and her struggle coming up through um, yeah. a very male dominated legal um, yep. uh, both professional and even mm. in the yeah, university studying for that um, for that uh, degree yeah and also actually talking about that it's I think the one of the focal points of this uh, film as well is how a male was discriminated in terms of like a custody case as well. So this her- this was a in a in a case where uh, someone was designated to be a carer for someone with a disability. Yeah, that person had to be female yep. looking after a male person. Yes, and in and the case was that uh, the, uh, there was a male carer caring for the um, the the wife who had medical disabilities yes. and in in doing so like the judge ruled against them because that was the law and she's just like well no this is a landmark is case wrong, yeah. because the law is wrong so the judge the judge wasn't wrong the law, the is, law wrong. is wrong yeah. yeah so this is sort of her rise through the political ranks as well as a as a um as a tour de force i guess in american politics and american history um she's still kicking along today as well doing a yeah so who's job playing her I always, I always uh, felicity jones felicity jones from, uh, rogue one probably the most uh, and the theory award. of everything i yep. think is probably where she's got her academy award nominee probably, tag yeah. that they uh they tag I mean, on they didn't one. give it to rogue one no and uh, army hammer is apparently yeah. a golden globe nominee for yeah, for something the social network oh uh, yeah probably well the lone ranger <laughs> <laughs> No, it was the man from Uncle. The man from Uncle. Yeah, that was the one. Um, so yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, this it looks kind of. It looks like a bad television it looks like movie. A really bad television movie. So we won't say much. We more won't about talk that. about that one. And the other one we will touch lightly on is Colette. Colette, yes. With uh, Kira Knightley, yep. who is a playing a turn of the century French author. Yep. Um, where 
she has to remain anonymous. Like I think they pretend that this story of uh, is written by a man because yep. they don't want to re- uh, reveal her to be the true author. Yeah, yep. And there's a, it's almost like a Fifty Shades of Grey sensation throughout uh, France in yep, like yep. the 1900s where uh, everyone is reading this book, Colette, about uh, the protagonist Colette sure. and, and yep. her, her life as a French woman of the time. Maybe yeah. I'm not really sure. I'm sort of like trying to break again, break through the ranks and say that, you know, her role is important and she's the actually she's actually the writer and so on and so forth um Appar- he, apparently one of the best performances of Kira knightley's career a uh, tour de force yep. uh based on an untold story the yeah. same yeah, <laughs> cliches exactly. that you see in every uh the, every biopic the trailer. dramatic turns the looking into the mirror the something is burning kind of thing you know the shots they're all in all of these period films um all right so, so they're the two honorable mentions the, the last one we're actually gonna make as one of the official three trailers this week yes. is uh, Mary Queen of Scots. Mary Queen of Scots, starring Shasha Ronan. Shasha Ronan. Shasha Ronan. And also and Margot, Margot Robbie, Robbie. Completely unrecognizable yeah. as Margot Robbie. Uh, they've as, given as, her, like. Sorry. I mean, like, so she, yeah, yeah, she's sorry, recognizable yeah. as Queen Elizabeth. Yes. She's not recognizable as no. Margot Robbie because they've given her, like, this prosthetic kink to her nose. Yeah. They've given her contact lenses that make yeah. her eyes look pale. They've she's made her hair red. insanely white as yeah. well, like, pale beyond anything. She I, looks like, she looks a little bit like the Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, uh, Queen of Hearts. Queen of Hearts, honestly. Like, it's that white. Um, so, yeah, I was just like, who is this actress? I've never seen her before in my life. And then, like, at the end, it's like, <laughs> Academy Award winner, Margot Robbie. I, like, what? All right. You're crazy. Um, so this is a, a historical biopic about um, Mary Queen of Scots, uh, played by Shasha Ronan. Um, and her kind of... I think the film basically starts with her death, which was um, uh, instigated by the Queen of England. Spoilers! Hey! <laughs> hey! Yeah. <laughs> I didn't read about that. No. I'm just basing that on the, fi- on the film. So who yeah. knows? It could have been different. Could have um, been. But basically, it's about sort of the power struggle between Scotland and England at that time. Both ruled, um, ruled by queens, which I think yeah. they, they say in the trailer, in, a t- in, in history that is ruled by kings, there was a time when queens were the dominant force and it's yes. the, the yep. struggle between Queen Elizabeth and Mary Queen of Scots. Yes, yeah, so uh, sort of Mary Queen of Scots seems to be the more optimistic, not optimistic, but the more sort of energised, ready for um, a revolt kind of powerhouse leader, whereas the Queen Elizabeth is sort of portrayed as a more conniving, more cold... Yeah, I mean, I suppose it depends bitter. on the perspective. I think uh, Elizabeth the Golden Age dealt with this from Elizabeth's Possibly, yes. uh, perspective, and it was a little bit different. This was the you know the young upstart who's you know wreaking havoc havoc by by putting a claim on the throne and yeah. disturbing the the established power. Yeah. Um. There's also seems to be overtones in here where David Tennant shows up and says that uh we have a you know two queens and I don't want to be ruled by a woman rah yeah, rah yeah, rah yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, he's very much the naysayer so you also have there's a, a struggle there where there's a, a bunch of men who are also trying to yeah. um, lay claim to, to both those thrones as well yeah. um, it looks very art housey in a way yeah. where the, the vice by Dick Cheney is very sort of stylistically very fast and and, um, and smart this this looks very much like oh no we're going for horses riding through fog covered dells yeah, we're going yeah. for shots of the um, immaculately recreated houses of parliament right, yeah. we have um, got people who have embroidered logos on yeah. uh, on dresses to make it exactly yeah. historically accurate it almost goes for the Schindler's List style the only colour you see in this film is the red hair of uh, yeah of the there's a shot there right at the start where she's wearing a black dress and they yep. sort of tear it off and she has red underneath so yep. it seems to be going very much in that yeah. style of because both uh, elizabeth and mary queen of scots in this are, are red-haired yep. um 
women. I think they're all, I think in history they are cousins and so they both have a claim to the throne so yes. maybe they share I that. I think that's the whole point of this yeah. film as well and uh, yeah it's sort of about the power struggle between those two um, Q drama Q action Q executions and so on and so forth. Yeah. Uh, so see that later this year if you want. Alright those are the three trailers and a bit for this week's <laughs> and, and, episode. And, and a few more yeah. yeah. Uh, but before we can do anything with those we're going to have to take a little walk over to the green. Let's go. have a quick recap of this week's trailers obviously they're all biopics but we have a music legend biopic yep we have a uh stylistically slick uh political biopic biopic, and we have a dramatic historical recreation biopic yes exactly right it is my turn to choose this week and i know exactly what i want to do and it's the political biopic political sharp witty stylistic colorful exactly uh i want to do something that is taking a character that you or a person well obviously a real person that you wouldn't expect and putting it into a film that also makes no sense politics is a bit of a hard one because i'm not sure who we could choose yeah, so here's i would have gone with harold holt harold holt the australian prime minister who notoriously went swimming yep. and then just sort of disappeared that's a great um one. Uh, like his sort of like political reign his sort of maverick his yep. ex- like we could throw in some extreme sports in there if we really yep. wanted to <laughs> Um, That's right, because there's so many theories as to what happened to Harold Exactly. Holt, so. I think apparently someone was saying there's a, a Japanese submarine yep. went he into a, the harbour and kidnapped him. He or... was a secret communist. Uh, oh, right, okay. And uh, submarines came and took him away, which I believe was used in Hail Caesar, the uh, oh, really? Coen Brothers film. Uh, there was a sort of a plot point which sort of mirrored that kind of uh, Interesting. story. Uh, but yeah, like there's just tons and tons. There's like rumours that he's still alive somewhere and has been a prisoner somewhere and yeah anyway Harold Holt's a great one he was a prime minister for a very short period of time yeah. in Australian history in because the uh, 40s 50s 60s sure somewhere somewhere in there um, I'm sure our international listeners will <laughs> not be aware of Harold Holt but well you're about to be aware of there's, Harold there's Holt there's three of them so we'll educate you so no it was 1960 1960 1966 yeah. to 67 so he was only in in uh, power for a year and a really yeah or nearly yeah nearly two years before he uh took a swim and uh, never came back i think that's probably about as much research as we need that's all we need yeah uh, i was about to ask did we did he have any strong political views were there reforms that he tried to put in but really doesn't matter those those facts would just cloud our uh, judgment in <laughs> making an entertaining <laughs> film so so i mean this is the thing right so most people at least most australian people know that Harold Holt went missing as a result of swimming. Yeah. So I don't think we need to put that at the end of the film. No. I think we need to put that at the start of the film. Really? Like, so the the um the turning point, that, yes. that point of no return, yeah. um, becomes... Uh, all right, so he starts off, he's, pr- he's already PM. Yep. He's a bit radical. Yep. He's yep. a bit sort of like uh, yep. edge of your seat, dangerous. He's yep. a bit, you know, laissez-faire, I'll do what I want yep. sort of he thing. He takes off his official Prime Minister dressing gown on the beach yep. and goes for and a goes swim. for a dip. And then which of the conspiracy theories do we hit up? I mean, do we do all of them? Do we do all? I, I do like the, the secret communist because yep. then, then you can have him as like a... Um, uh, the Sparrow? Did you yep. end up seeing the... where? I, the, I didn't see The Sparrow, but I know, yeah. The, that sort of style yeah. where he, he's now a political spy yep. in the USSR 
as a secret communist in the in the 60s. But I, I think we need to add an extra layer on there because I'm also thinking of Rambo. And I love right. the idea of like one person against an overwhelming army. Oh, right. Okay. So, so I like- do you remember the <laughs> Owen Wilson film Behind Enemy Lines? <laughs> Where all of a sudden he's trapped in a in a situation and he has to, yeah, he's yeah. a fighter pilot who crashes and he has to get out because yeah. he's behind enemy lines. Is sure, that, yeah. Is that our... Yeah, our, that's, that's I thing. like that. I also liked the, uh, like throwing in elements of Bear Grylls. Yes. These sort of yes. ex- extreme survival yes, elements that absolutely. Harold Holt has to go through. So, I think, as he escapes from the um, Siberian gulags. Yes, uh, uh, yes. Uh, so this is what this is what he's done. So as in his two years of power in behind the scenes, he's been like secretly infiltrating the communist world by pretending to be one of them. Yes, right. And then he's like, "All right, here's where the drop's going to be made. It's going to be uh, December, whatever, 1967. I'm going to be swimming here. Have your submarine ready yeah. for me to go, right?" But the thing is, he does that. They capture him. He's like, "Wait, well, great. I'm aboard. I'm now a spy." Right. And then they turn on him and say, "Oh no." No, 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 no. Yeah. You're our prisoner It was now. The, 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 the they dream <laughs> within a dream, the triple agent, the reverse triple <laughs> right, agent. Yeah. So they take the submarine. They basically have a secret uh, passageway all the way to Siberia. Yeah, absolutely. Via submarine. And yep. then he gets chucked in one of the gulags there. Vladivostok, I think, is like yep. the extreme west of Russia, right yep. up right up where it meets up with Alaska. Perfect. And so there's a there's a, a gulag there and he's sent to the work prison camp. Yep. And it becomes a little bit Great Escape. Yes. It becomes a little bit Bear Grylls Ultimate yep. Survival. Yep. It becomes a little bit Owen Wilson behind <laughs> enemy lines as and the bit, soldiers are trying to... A bit Sylvester Stallone a bit, Rambo. A bit Rambo. I think it's also a bit pre- Predator, yes. where there's, there yeah, seems yeah, to be yeah. like one guy that's sort of like they they have yeah. to like he has to cover himself yeah. in snow okay, to yeah. we'll beat give, the thermal sensors. We'll say that this gulag has like the the head honcho who it's run by. We'll do it Indiana Jones style, how there's always like a big hulking um, yeah. guard, a big like massive. You're Dave Bautista type, exactly. And in fact, it's All just right. going to be Dave Bautista, <laughs> right? Sure. Uh, so he is like the the predator, I guess, the predator kind of character who Harold Holt is always trying to like outsmart and trying to like yeah. get around him and and disguise himself in snow at, at a various point yeah. to try and like escape the gulag we should also make the gulag quite big you know how they say about the sahara that uh, at a certain point it's basically just desert in all directions yeah. and it's just like insurmountable in terms of escaping right? i think that's so, the like, same with that um siberian snow wasteland yeah, you're yeah, yeah. so far removed from civilization yep that uh, it, you can walk a, a thousand miles in any direction and, right. and never meet a living never soul. Me- yeah, exactly. So we'll do that. We'll put the gulag in the middle of like yeah. uh, Siberia so that it's just snow in all directions, just frozen tundra. Yep. Uh, which makes the like, the prison has no walls per se because the wall they don't is need it. the it's vast. Like, they, no, they don't even have to wear chains. They're not locked in. Yeah. It's just like, good luck. You can, you can yeah. try and run away exactly. if you want to. Yeah. You will not survive. You, exactly. There's no food, no water, no nothing. So... Harold Holt has to develop a plan where he has to, like, raid the food stores of Dave Bautista's, like, elite security guard to yeah. try and get, like, supplies for his escape, um, avoid guards, avoid manual labor. And then also, like, again, we do it like The Great Escape, like some real weird or, like, just left of field thinking. You know how they, like, stuffed all the rocks that they were, like digging with into their pants in their and, pants and dropped, dropped them, them as they walked around the yeah. yards, yeah. Stuff like that, you know. Maybe he just, like, eats snow. 
Yeah. Maybe that's like his uh, his like way of covering up. Yeah. Um, the stuff that he's doing is just like, I'm just going to consume all this snow. The crux of the escape revolves around there's a train that comes in once a month to drop off supplies and then disappears. And he knows that the timing of his escape has to coincide at some point with the train. And he knows he can't get on the train um, when it arrives. But if he escapes three or four days beforehand, he can meet the train further down the line and catch that back. And so it becomes his survival for that three or four days after he breaks out to to make it to the train and back to to civilization. I think we also need a gratuitous fight on the train. Yeah. Dave Bautista, a la Skyfall. Yes, yeah, no, a la Spectre. Sorry. Spectre on on the top of the yes. train. I mean, there's so many so many things. Oh man, we're gonna put it on top of the train. Oh yeah, I yeah. think so. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Uh, um, I think Harold Holt also needs like a best friend offsider, <laughs> a little kind of like you know, yeah, someone he befriends. Yeah, in the, in who, the who camp. escapes with him, and then when that person dies because yeah, Dave Bautista kills him, there's an emotional yep. response there. Yep. yep. Um, I actually really like this. This is this is this is great. We need to like make it whippier. We need to make it smarter. Yeah, I like that that vice sort of like you know, you know the it's got vice has almost got like an Ocean's Eleven style sort of like yeah, um, that's what uh, we need to bring in here snappiness to it that yep. I think is kind of missing. This is a bit like the Great Escape is a bit sort of like uh, you know there's a bit with the you know the, the do 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 yeah, but it's not for sort of like you know look how cool we. I mean it yeah. is it's Steve McQueen so like yeah it is look how cool we are. We do need an Ocean's Eleven style like. Yeah. Yeah. planning stage definitely uh yeah yeah okay, needs to we'll have interesting graphic you know transitions yep. and cuts and interesting yep. framing and yep. stuff like that but the thing is so Howard Holt went missing in the late 60s right yep. so like we'll bring in the 60s style aesthetic all right as well. okay it's got yeah i like that i like that sort of um uh super sort of is it are you going for like a flowery saturated kind of I f- like yeah within the context of a siberian wasteland exactly yes. yeah uh, that very, kind of, I feel I'm feeling very like sort of Quincy Jones yep. style psychedelic, yep. um, yeah, we'll get, funky kind of we'll get those funky like yeah. soundtracks. James going Brown, as well. I can yeah. de- James Brown has definitely got a, a track here on the soundtrack. Somewhere. In fact, I think we need to incorporate James Brown into this. Right? Oh right, okay. So the music of James Brown, I think, is used as a other distraction or as a. Oh, I've got it. Here's a good one. Someone has a record player. Someone has a record player. Uh, Harold Holt steals the record of James Brown and yeah. sort of craftedly embeds a uh, like a hypnotic suggestion Ooh, into, okay. yep, sure. into I like the it. record itself a la like what communists did I guess yeah, sure. in, from his communist train <laughs> <laughs> and when he plays it back on the loudspeaker uh, he, and, like it. he and his partner are sort of like uh, or maybe have, like learned how to like avoid it or possibly maybe it's it. the like, maybe it's more like uh the the outside is sending secret messages yeah. through J- James, James Brown's records, yeah. and if you play it backwards, yep. you can hear um, the the, yep. the secret record. Like, and, and they're like, oh, "Well, this Great. is the day," because normally the train arrives on a random day, right? So yes. they can't ever plan their escape. Yep. Whereas if like they're getting sent messages on these James Brown discs, yep. and so if they play it back, Friday at two p.m. <laughs> And it's just like okay, no, and, then, and then and then um and then uh they play it for. It's like oh, get on up. It's like oh the secret uh, the secret Russian I, I, spy guards. I think your reverse James Brown was far more spot on than your normal James Brown. That's all right. I can do reverse. In fact, I think one of the someone was saying once, if you want to do a Russian accent, just pretend like you're speaking in reverse. Oh yeah, that works. And uh, you get you get a lot of those. We'll, uh, we'll tell Dave Bautista that exactly. He will be Russian. Yeah, uh, and uh, I think that like he needs to then accidentally play the thing backwards, which is why yeah. he ends up on the train later on in the film oh, right, so they like think that. they've escaped they think that like you know Great Escape has worked they're home free but then they like turn around and like Dave Bautista is just standing there behind them picks them sort of both up by the scruff of their neck and like throws them upwards through the roof of the train and that's how they end up on the oh uh, right okay yeah on the roof of the train having their sort of massive fight 
I'm assuming that the like the train roofs are made out of wood, and yeah, uh, probably they can bust through it with relative ease. Um, and then yeah, gratuitous. So yeah, we mix in the like cool, slick Ocean's Eleven style, yep. funky whatever with like Rambo style violence. Yep, yep. Uh, at least at the end. At least at the end, there's yep. there's definitely elements of both of them in there. There's a heist there; they have to break into the food stores, like yeah. you were saying. So there's a, 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 a planning of the heist. Yep. There's definitely a surviving in the wilderness for a couple of days, having yep, to yep. Um, cover themselves in snow, having yep. to. Do we? F- they fight like a polar bear, or well, absolutely, yeah, d- yeah. Or, or a wolf, very I you know Liam that, Neeson in grey. That kind should of be thing. like their early on, right? Um, because it's like the wilderness, the guards don't really care about any natural thing getting them because it's like, yeah. well, whatever, they were prisoners anyway. So maybe Harold Holt uh, is like taken on by a polar bear and it looks like he's going to die. And then this other guy comes in, the other, his like prisoner pal. This yeah. is before they were friends. And right. This is okay. how they become friends. Right. Okay. Because this other person saves Harold Holt from the polar bear. Right. And then they're sort of like together through thick and thin for the rest of the film until that person dies through... I think what needs to happen to that other person is that Dave Bautista needs to throw him into the train's I, chimney. I think I was thinking more like Dave Bautista like actually just like gets him in a chokehold and strangles him oh, yeah. until he's dead and then just sort of holds him off the side of the train and just drops him. Oh, and he just falls off the side of the train. Yeah, yeah, Done, yeah. dead, and you're out like, of here. Harold Holt is like, that's it, I've had enough. I also think we need to have like a couple more things that like give Harold Holt the impetus to escape. Yeah. I like to think that somehow he gets his hand on an Australian newspaper. Oh, right, okay. Uh, and everyone's just like, like there's opinion pieces in there just saying like, oh, he was allowed and he just drowned because he was stupid. New prime minister has taken over Australia. Everything now totally different. Yeah, exactly. To like the rule of Howard Holt, and he's just like scrunches up the newspaper and says, "Not on my watch." Yeah. I in like an it. American accent for no reason. Yeah, are we casting Harold Holt as an American then? I or? mean, I mean, can it be like an American doing an Australian accent? Oh, why not? I think um, who who can do a good Australian accent? Most Americans do a really really horrible Australian yeah. accent. Is there anyone... There is someone who does do, like, a spectacular American accent, um, Australian accent, and I've just forgotten who it was. Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder yeah. does a reasonably decent Australian accent. Yep. And I don't think we've actually ever cast Robert Downey no, Jr. We haven't. in our things before. I think he could play Harold Holt. I think he could. With I think gl- he's got a bit of a playboy um, he, uh, attitude. He absolutely does. And me looking at the picture of Harold Holt that the Academy has sent through to us, uh, if you... If we say to um, Robert Downey Jr., you need to do like Christian Bale does and just put on a little bit of weight. Wait, because, yep. like, Harold Holt's not... He's a, not a skinny man. I mean, like, he wasn't young either. No. Um, if you do that, and we'll give you, like, a bit of a receding hairline, we'll make your hair white, we'll give you, like, a big bulbous nose as well. Yeah. He could absolutely, absolutely pull it off. Yeah. Yeah, okay, Robert Downey Jr. as... Harold Holt. Harold Holt. Uh, Who's his offside? I feel like he's younger yeah. and skinnier. I was thinking Jamie Bell. We yep. could possibly just steal uh, Taron Egerton. Let's do Taron Egerton. Yeah, um, to take him... Because uh, you can put him in anything. Exactly. Like, like it doesn't matter. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's true. He can, he can play anyone. He, and I like a younger... I, I think I, when um, uh, Harold Holt shows up to this um, uh, work prisoner work camp, yep. uh, Taron Egerton's character's already tried to escape like yeah. a dozen times. Yep. So he, he's kind of the escape artist kind of guy, but he always sort of like comes back. Yeah, he, he he's always missing like a key critical ingredient exactly. for his escapes. And also we can have like a fun sequence of showing his previous escapes as well as a yeah. sort of like montage oh, sequence. Yeah, a flash. They, they do that. Uh, I like that in uh, Ocean's Eleven yes. when they're like, here are the, the last guys, the guys who have come closest to robbing the casino. Exactly. And yeah. it flashes back to that yep. sort of montage. We do the same sort yep. of stylistic yeah. one for, for all of Taron Egerton's uh, <laughs> escape attempts. Does he have to have like... Uh, 
is his character just a nobody or do we actually make him a somebody? I think I think there is a hint yep. that he's like an MI6 spy. Oh, But okay. it's like it's like it's so top secret that even he can't tell Harold Holt. Yep. But you get the senses of that. I also like the ideas of like maybe he's missing toes through frostbite and stuff like that. Oh, so like yeah. he's kind of a bit battle scarred and battle worn and we can um, yep. CG um, out, out some of his like fingers yeah, 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 or, or yeah. something like that. So the only problem we need to deal with is that uh, in... As we all know, Harold Holt never reappeared. We yes, like, that's ne- true. We never found his body. Uh, the mystery of what happened to him was never solved. It was chalked up to he got lost at sea, he drowned. Uh, but that's, I mean, like this is the, now the true untold story of what actually happened. Yeah. Uh, but he never returned to Australia. And why is that? Do we, we do we do like the Inception spinning top at the end? Was like there's a point there where he's like the the train's going across a bridge, the bridge is collapsing. <laughs> he has the chance to to jump off, yeah, and then and then he jumps off and yeah. he's like about to grab onto the cliff face, yeah, yeah, yeah. and we freeze frame it, yeah, film and he's just like style. yeah, it, it, all uh, Rocky Rocky style where yeah, they're yeah. punching each other, and just sort yep. of fr- uh, um, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid does yep, a, yep, a yep, freeze frame, yep. and he's like, is he gonna goes black and white? Is he, is he gonna grab onto the cliff face and survive? Yep. Is he gonna fall to his death? Yep. We don't know. Cut to black. And cut to black. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, as the audience, we have to decide, did he live or did he die? Yeah, and yeah. if he lived, why didn't he get back to society to yep. say, hey, I'm Harold Holt? Yep. Or if he died, it explains things yeah, as well. exactly. You know what's good about this as well? At some point, a couple of years from now, someone will make a crappy sequel to this film that's still like from the executive producers of the first film, yeah. but really has nothing to do with yeah, the definitely. cast. It'll be recast, new director, and it will just like explicitly explain what happened yeah. after that like last sequence in our film yeah uh, and we'll make extra money on top of exactly that. just like magic mike 2 did which <laughs> <laughs> which i think like i don't know i feel like people miss the point of magic mike and that's why magic mike 2 exists but anyway that's true um I last think- week we did a thing where we uh gave brie larson a role in the film because it was her birthday yeah is there any like birthday buddies this week that uh they can just have like a is there like a Harold Holt's wife before he disappears or is there something else in there I quite like the idea of broadening our horizons for the people that we cast and and there's nothing more random than than searching for the birthday list well I well I've got our director uh, so it's Guillermo del Toro's birthday today oh it is his birthday today yes happy birthday Guillermo he will be in our film is he gonna put too many weird like (laughs) uh, polymorphic creatures (laughs) with uh, um, prosthetic suits in there or I think we need to hint at that. Maybe it's like a Soviet experiment sort of hidden I, out there. I actually the like lab. the idea. I think Guillermo del Toro could do a really nice practical effect wolf or polar bear yeah, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, that sounds good. I think we keep yeah. uh, we keep Guillermo del Toro in there as our kind of like... He'll probably wa- uh, walk off the project partway through and we'll have to get Peter Jackson <laughs> to come in and take over, but that's fine. <laughs> Yeah, creative differences, yeah. executive producer oversight. Yeah, that's fine. All right, the only thing we need now to finish up this episode is a name for this film. Is it, is it just called it's Holt? just called Holt. Yeah, it, it absolutely be, is. Because they, they were doing one recent, recently where they went with first names. Yep. And Lara, uh, not Lara, they did Croft, didn't they? Or yep. Yeah, anyway. Uh, um, I think Harold is not a good film name. <laughs> it's um, a bit vague. Does Holt, uh, should Holt be an acronym as well? I don't really think it needs that. No, okay. uh, like unless it's like Holt comma PM. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I like Holt comma PM, and then the PM could not could be Prime Minister, but it could also prisoner of yeah, Masturag. Exactly. Which is the, yeah, oh, yeah. you know, which yeah. is the name of the prison. Yeah, and I think Delve Bautista says that as you may have been PM in your country, but here you are PM prisoner of Masturag. Beautiful. Um, yeah, and yeah, if he says like. I think he needs to actually say the film title in the film yes. as well. You may be Prime Minister, but yeah. you are now Holt PM. Yeah. 
prisoner of yeah. mask the whatever. Whatever, whatever. It's it's indecipherable exactly <laughs> what I said. It's like M plus a bunch of Russian characters. Yeah. After I mean, I was I was actually just going for the you know uh, the vice where it actually sort of like puts the title in there oh, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. So we'll do we'll do both of them. We put in his surname and then yep. we put in his his prime minister title. So yep. Holt, comma PM. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. I think that's a wrap. I think you're right. Housekeeping, as per usual, we are online at moviefilmstudios.net where you can find all of our previous episodes, our bios, and of course, Mufwizawudada, our database of films that we've created on this podcast. Search Facebook for Movie Film Studios and join the community where we post emoji clues as to the trailers that we've watched in the episodes. I'll tell you what, Rocket Man is going to be super easy this (laughs) week. Vice. I don't really know how that's going to work. <laughs> and Mary Queen of Scots. Uh, last week, we I just did a single clue for the girl on the spider's web, and yep. people got that pretty quickly. I was quite yep. happy. Good work uh, to uh, to Luke and Crystal, Crystal I think, yeah. for, for guessing this week. Yes, well done indeed. Uh, you can find this podcast, if you haven't already, which is a bit weird if you're listening to this but haven't found it yet, but we are on uh, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, YouTube, and pretty much any other place that you get podcasts from. And I think that's it. All that remains is to thank you once again for listening this week. I've been Isaac. And I've been AJ. Roll credits. Roll credits.